You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Monday, April 4th. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's a big day for your New York Giants. The uh, Giants begin their off-season program on Monday. That really is the, uh, the, I guess, unofficial start of the Brian Dayball era as head coach. It'll be the first time that Dable gathers the Giants, at least the veteran Giants players, as a as a group since he was named head coach back in January. So a uh, little bit of a little bit of a beginning today for the Giants as they look forward to the the 2022 season and to the start of a new head coaching era with Brian Dable taking over for Joe Judge. The uh, let's go over the schedule just a little bit. Uh, we will actually hear from Brian Dable on Monday and some players. We're not sure who yet. I'm guessing Daniel Jones and, and a couple of other players will be made available to us uh, at some point on Monday. So we'll have uh, we'll have coverage of that on Big Blue View uh, maybe later on today. And on Tuesday, we'll have uh, we'll also have a hit here on uh, on the podcast, maybe with some audio from uh, from what we hear on Monday from Coach Dable and uh, whatever players are made available to us. Uh, as far as the the remaining off-season program schedule for the Giants, looks like uh, you know phase one of, of the off-season program will begin, as we said today, for the Giants. Rookie minicamp is scheduled to be held May 13th to 15th, a couple of weeks after the NFL draft. The OTAs, which is, you know, the really the, the on-field portion of the uh, of the off-season program that's scheduled to begin on May 16th and uh that should run through uh, until well until mandatory mini camp is held June 7 to 9 that will be the end of the off-season program leading into leading into Giants training camp for 2022 media is supposed to have access to uh, three of the off-season training activities. So we'll have coverage of those when uh, when the time comes. Also, General Manager Joe Shane is scheduled to be available to us in his pre-draft press conference on April 21st, a week before the draft. So Big Blue View will be uh, on hand for that, Giants fans. So uh, please remember that. Look forward to that. We'll try to get as many questions answered uh, 
as we can, you know, leading into the draft. Of course, Joe Shane's not going to tip his hand, at least not intentionally, as to what his plans might be. But it's always good to hear from the GM, and uh, hopefully we will uh, we'll learn a few things when we get a chance to talk to Shane. All right, I want to spend some time right now talking about Mississippi State offensive tackle Charles Cross, player who is more and more often mocked to your New York Giants in the top seven of the upcoming NFL draft. Had a chance to talk to sports director of WCBI News in Mississippi, John Sokoloff, about Cross. John had some interesting perspectives on Cross's development, on his future in the NFL, on where he could belong in this tackle class. So let's get to the interview that I did with John Sokoloff right now. Giants fans, as we prepare for the NFL draft, I am joined now by John Sokoloff, the Sports Director for WCBI News in Mississippi, and and John joins us to talk about Mississippi State offensive tackle Charles Cross. John, thank you uh, for stopping by. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having me. Always uh, always down to talk uh, SEC football or college or NFL or any form of football. (laughs) So, So I have to ask, before we even get into Charles Cross, you're a Mount Laurel, New Jersey native, you went to Ithaca College. How in the world did you wind up in Mississippi? Uh, it's the TV business, man. You know, um, you kind of move your way up, work your way up. So I graduated and I got a job uh, covering Texas Tech and the Big 12 out in Lubbock. Did that for a couple of years and then got a, uh, a job with a step up down here uh, in the South covering covering SEC football. And it was uh, too too good to pass up. So that's that's kind of how, how you do it. Just looking for any good experience I can get. And the SEC uh, certainly provides that. A lot different from New Jersey down here, though. I will, uh, I will say that. Yeah, and, and I have to establish this. You're Eagles fan? I have no, to no, establish no. I'm, this. Uh, actually, when it comes to the NFL, I like all three <laughs> teams. But in football, I'm a, I'm a Raiders fan, actually. So, um, well. Well, 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 that's 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 different. But we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll give you props for that, though. You probably would <laughs> prefer that, right? You'd yes. Oh, without that. without doubt, we'll give you props. For, we'll give you props for that. There we go. I, I I try very I try very hard to, you know, although SB Nation is a a group of what are technically called fan sites, I try very hard to run Big Blue View as objectively and as analytically as possible. Sure. But but I will not hide the fact that 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 Eagles fans are at the very bottom of my list. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I could see that. I've been to a million games at the link, and my dad's actually an Eagles fan, but he always kind of like liked the Raiders growing <laughs> up, even had like a couple sweaters and stuff from like the Stabler days. And I guess I just liked them instead ever since I was – four or three years old I can't really describe it but that's kind of where we're at and I'm sticking to it you can't really switch fandom no you can't all right hey John let's talk about uh, let's talk about Charles Cross and at his pro day I remember you tweeting that the Giants interest in Cross is quote very real and so so what really what really gives you you know that that kind of impression that that the Giants are really on this kid Sure. Uh, so there, there's a couple of things and there are some things that are just objective interest, no matter how you look at it. Like 
this, they are objectively interested in him because of these few reasons. And then there are a couple other things at pro days that you just kind of pick up on. And I kind of learned about that over the years because the scouts aren't really going to talk to you as much there. But what I can tell you is they had him doing these drills at left and right tackle. And there were a couple of giant scouts there, a couple of the giants coaching staff. Kafka was there, uh, their offensive line coach, uh, Tony Sperano Jr. And um, an assistant, um, Bobby Johnson. Is that who it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Those three guys were there and just basically watching them run through those drills at left and right, hearing all the positive reinforcement the Giants brass was giving him in Starkville on that pro day was a good sign. After he was done, there were a couple of Giants guys around him giving him nothing but massive positive reinforcement, telling him how great of a job he did, all of that stuff. So Based on all of that, that's where you just kind of use the eye test and you say, okay, that really looks like they could be interested in him. And then afterwards, you know, the interviews start. And then after the interviews, you know, you just talk to talk to him off camera. And I've known Charles, you know, he, he's a Mississippi kid and he was a five star coming out. So he's always had a bunch of big eyes on him. But during the interview process, I asked, like, hey, who's who's been on you the most? He said the Giants and the Jets, like those were the two biggest teams. And The thing that really gave me big interest in this that made me think, okay, well, the Giants are probably interested in him as well, is because he was working out at the right tackle spot. And Andrew Thomas, you obviously watched every Giants game last year. You would know more than I do. I just get this from talking to Giant fans, buddies, and watching them when they come on on Sundays. But Andrew Thomas is the answer at left tackle, right? He's the guy for the future. Well, if he is, then working Charles out at the right tackle, maybe they're really thinking like, okay, this kid can be – this kid can be our long-term answer at right tackle and really give the true protection to Daniel Jones that they need. So you have those on both sides, the one that were the objective interest of him saying that they've been on him the most, but also when you watch how they were working out and how interested they seemed based on the eye test down there, that was also a good sign. So there's, there's some back and forth on cross, you know, people put him at, some people put him at OT2, some at OT3. Um, do you objectively think the Giants have picks at five and seven? Do you objectively think he's a kid who should go in the top seven in this draft? I think there's no doubt. And I think the only reason that he would not would be because of the air raid offense and the fact that there was not as much run blocking involved. But if you look at the combine, in, um, in, in what he said out there, and a good friend of mine uh, who works down here, Stefan Kreisnick, was up there who covers Mississippi State, and he was talking to Charles, who was part of the interview, and someone asked him about it, and he really scoffed off, and he was just like, watch the film. That's someone who asked about, are there concerns about your run blocking? You, when you look at this guy last year, the reason he deserves to be a top seven pick, he allowed just two sacks in 919 snaps that he played. And in 683 pass block snaps, he only allowed six pressures. And I was on the field for all these Mississippi State games this year. And there would be certain stints where when we're shooting or doing that, all that stuff, I would just spend brief drives or stints in time just watching him, just eye test full watching him. We got a bunch of video at our station of that. And I mean, the dude would just mow right through people and whatever SEC defensive end was at that area, the guy just didn't have a chance. So the fact that he was so dominant 
in the SEC, which is essentially almost like NFL-level caliber. That's where all the players come from. The fact that he had this um, abundance of success, and when you consider the size and how well he moved at his pro day, I, I mean, I'm not going to pretend to be an NFL scout, but based on, you know, the writing's on the wall here, man. You know, like, based on everything I've seen and, and the numbers, I mean, there hasn't been anything out there that suggests that he shouldn't be a top-seven guy. Yeah, it's interesting because I think we need to talk about the the things that NFL scouts ding him for. And I think a lot of them have to do with the air raid that you mentioned. Um, the first one being the run blocking. And when I look at the kid, I see a kid who can run block. He just hasn't been asked to do it a lot. You, you agree with that? He just hasn't been. It's just not something he's asked to do on a regular basis. But but to me, I see plenty of examples of him, you know, driving people off the ball. Yeah, no, that that's like that's what I kind of mentioned there when I talked about those stints where I would just watch him like that's all he did. And the Giants and those scouts down in Starkville at his pro day, they had him execute kind of those drills where he would, you know, start either down. Like, basically, these right and left tackle drills showcased kind of potential and what he can be in a run blocker in certain stints, if that makes sense. But you look back at the Leach offense, man, yeah, like, they just don't run the football that much. There's not many running opportunities, and that's just not how this offense goes. And while, you know, NFL offenses and air raid offenses, you know, there's – a bunch of different ways for comparisons there. But when you're looking at your offensive tackle, I feel like you have to see some traits. Like, And these scouts will know the traits that these guys have and if they can translate to that next level. It's not like a quarterback or, or, or something else. With, with O-linemen, I feel like it's a little easier to see, easier than other positions. And, and I mean, I, I just think this kid's going to be ready. And this is why you see him mocked so high. I mean, I, all the mock drafts I've seen, I think the lowest I've seen him gone is like the mid teens. So that's, mm-hmm. he's just got massive size, allowed basically no pressure, two sacks, 919 snaps, dominated, had been this athletic force since he was in Laurel, Mississippi, a five star since then. I think he's going to be a great pro. And I think um, if the Giants were to get him at either of those picks, then I think Giants fans would be happy at what that would build for that foundation for that offensive line. That that kind of tandem with Andrew Thomas and Charles Cross, that sounds like it would be really nice and provide good protection for either Daniel Jones or whoever their quarterback would be in the future. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't complain. There are two other things that people try to ding him for when, when they talk about the Giants. One is the fact that he's been exclusively a left tackle. I think I looked at, I think he's played maybe four snaps, maybe as a freshman or something. He played like four snaps on the right side. And that probably really doesn't even count. But, and the other one for me is never really having played out of a three point stance. And and what I say, and I'm just, just, I just want your reaction. What I say when I look at that is this is a 21 year old kid. Who's a terrific athlete. If you, don't tell me that he can't that he can't learn to play the right side that he can't grow comfortable on the right side and that he can't play out of a three-point stance just because you haven't seen it he's 21 years old I think he can learn those things so and what I say is maybe the learning curve is a little bit longer but 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 I don't look at that and say oh he can't 
So I'm just curious what you think about yeah. what you think about those things. Well, well, that's I mean, that's a big adjustment, right? You know, switching from one to another. That, that, that's a big thing. And, and also switching from, you know, if he has to play in different stances like that, that's something else, too. And, and there's always a lot of adjustments when you go from college to the pros, even if you're in the SEC and even if you're playing against Texas A&M and Alabama. And, you know, all these great schools year after year, it doesn't matter because the NFL is a complete whole other beast. I think Charles knows that. I think anyone on the Giants brass knows that those kind of adjustments need to be made. And I, I mean, it's been done before. And if you have a lot of athleticism, I feel like you can swap those positions and, and that could translate well. But when you look at it, I mean, he was doing those drills at the pro day and I'm sure they were having him line up and, and, and do different things so they could showcase and find out whatever they needed. It's weird with these things, how some certain coaches will step in and have these guys do certain drills. I saw that at Ole Miss's uh, pro day, Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator was extensively working out with an Ole Miss defensive uh, and Sam Williams, who's a projected second or third round pick. He was having him do specific drills. So these guys want to see, you know, they want to see everything they can before they really make their board and make their decision. So if I could tell you, like, with complete certainty, if he's going to be great at right tackle, if he's going to be great lineup in a different stance, I can't tell you that right now. But what I can tell you for a fact is the Giants saw him line up and work out in either different stances or at different positions. And I could tell based on what I saw in Starkville, they really liked what they saw and they definitely were encouraged by whatever different range that he was showing off. And I think that's a good sign. But again, you never know with how these scouts go and how what the board looks like at the end of the day, where after April 28th, we could end up seeing it and they could take the NC State kid or they could take Evan Neal if he's there or something else. So you never really know what that board looks like. I could just tell you for a fact that they were incredibly pumped up and they lined him up in a bunch of different spots. And in their opinion, he looked really good and they've been on him talking to him nonstop. All right. Hey, just tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about Charles as a kid, a little bit about him off the field and, and, and what kind of young man he is. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a very humble kid. Uh, he, he's kind of a little quiet, um, you know, and, and when it comes to the media stuff, I mean, he, he's not the most animated guy. I think he's just an insane competitor. And, and I truly think like he just cares about football and that's like the most important thing to him. He just wants to train. He just wants to be the best that he can. He's been having people in his ear left and right since he was younger, since he was in middle or high school, telling him how great he is. He was a five-star guy from Laurel, all that stuff. So he's not that cocky, but he's incredibly confident and he's been humbled, but knows how good of a football player he can be. And look, the kids put in the work. Like, like you can be athletic, you can be big, you can be strong, whatever. But when you go up against these SEC defensive linemen, like it doesn't matter like how big or strong you are. You need to put in like that work off the field and work with your coaches and work with your teammates and, and just kind of have it all down. And, and the dude, basically he couldn't have done worse at Mississippi state or, or couldn't have done better. Excuse me. Charles Cross could not have done better at Mississippi state. And I think his preparation to do that, only allowing two sacks and 919 snaps, six pressures and 683 uh, pass block snaps. I think that that is indicative of the kind of person that he is off the field, that he's just stopping at nothing to achieve all that he can kind of as an athlete. And when it comes to that competitive chip on your shoulder, 
If the Giants were to select him, that would definitely not be lacking when it comes to Charles Cross. All right. Hey, John, really appreciate the time. Why don't you let folks know, uh, you know, where they can find you on social media and all that stuff before I let you go? Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate that. So it's uh, at John Sokoloff on Twitter at J-O-N-S-O-K-O-L-O-F-F. And it's looking like I'm pretty sure that uh, I will be down in Vegas for the draft. So uh, it, well, I'll be obviously talking to Charles a lot down there. We cover State and Ole Miss. So if that's the case and if he ends up being a giant, then uh, you, you can definitely follow along for those updates. And if I hear anything else about the Giants talking with him or any other uh, stuff like that, I will definitely share that uh, y'all's way, no doubt. Hey, thank you very, very much. And we'll talk to you again. Appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Giants fans, that's our show for today. We thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on Instagram, on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Join the community at BigBlueView.com if you haven't done that already. If you haven't done that, I don't know why you haven't done that, but but please do so you can talk to or at least uh, discuss Giants-related topics online with other Giants fans. All right, Giants fans, please remember, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.